0: Bredo, can you believe it? The Wellness Summit is almost here. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, Bredo, it's been two long years since our last Wellness Summit, and if you're listening to this, folks, and don't have a ticket, then... What are you doing? The Wellness Couch family of podcasters gather for two days in Melbourne on Saturday, August 25 and 26,
1: featuring... The Queen of Nutrition, Cindy O'Meara. The Rockstar of Wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. Connect with your spirit and soul with Barley Bomb survivor, Karen Smith.
0: Self-care is on the menu with Kim Morrison. Master the art of ageing well with the one
1: and only Marcus Pierce. Oh, shucks, Brito. What about how to recover from rock bottom with Dr. Brett Hill? Master your stress with Dr. Maria Jushman.
0: Get empowered
1: with Imogen Bailey. Female health experts, Dr. Andrea Huddleston and Ashley Bond. Master your sleep with Audra Starkey. The natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. Australian Idol winner Wes Carr, woohoo! And quirky cooking's Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab and a whole lot more. Oh, what a lineup, MP! Seriously, why would you not be coming to the Wellness Summit?
0: Not to mention our world-class exhibition of Australia's most incredible sustainable wellness products and services.
1: MP, we've done the final layout. There are less than 100 spaces left,
0: and there's only a few discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com.
1: Marcus be there or be square Zazen Alkaline Water presents The 2018 Wellness Summit Saturday August 25 and 26 At the Collingwood Town Hall
0: Get in quick folks The final release of discounted tickets Available at thewellnesssummit.com See you there Bretto
2: The Real Food Real is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their Healthy Kitchen Oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Allie McLean, Katie Pettuccini and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? Real? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Reel. In today's episode of The Real Food Reel, we are joined by Stu Cook from 180 Nutrition. Today, Stu shares his personal story and the humble beginnings of his now global company, 180 Nutrition. We explore genetics and the individual differences in nutrition, the relevance of exercise intensity, and how to use trial and error to help you thrive. We discuss Stu's morning routine, the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene, and so much more. Hi, Stu, and welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much, Steph, and uh, thank you for the invite. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love for you to tell us about you. I know personally that you've got a background in graphic design, but you now lead a very successful health, wellness, and nutrition brand. So firstly, is this where you thought you'd be 20 years ago? Um
3: yes and no i guess i i have spent i've been a graphic and web designer i mean that's that's all I had ever done. I studied it and went through uni and and then worked for a long time, helping other people um i guess kickstart their companies, their ideas, creating brands and uh and I, and I always thought you know one day this will be applicable to me because when the time is right. I felt that the opportunity would present itself and then I'd be able to, I guess, hit the ground running uh, with all of the things that I'd learned over, over the years in terms of design and marketing and web and stuff like that. And, uh, and run my own show. And, and that was, that was kind of how it panned out when, uh, when I met Guy, my business partner at the time. And we started talking about the idea uh, that then became one AC nutrition. Um, so yeah, that that was that was yeah. It, it kind of has played out and um, and continues to play out. So yes, I think is the answer to the question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can see what you mean, though. Obviously, you were working for for other companies doing graphic design, and perhaps yeah. always had that desire to be doing it for yourself. And mm. along came One Eighty Nutrition. But yeah. let's let's share with the listeners um, a little bit more about how you got to launching 1A Nutrition. So what happened in, in the years prior?
3: Yeah, so it all started in, in uh, Coogee Beach um, where I was a volunteer lifesaver and my business partner at the time, Guy, was, uh, was the same. And we were chatting on patrol one day and he talked to me about um, an experience that he'd recently had where he had the, the opportunity to work with a small charity that were helping people with chronic disease, uh, namely cancer. Um, and they they were a team of renegade health professionals who had decided to join forces and, and treat chronic disease in a very different way, using whole food nutrition and weight-bearing exercises as their prescribed therapy. And the results that they 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 saw were staggering and by no means you know like no crazy cures but these guys blood panels were just radically improving um they were f- looking and feeling better than they had ever before uh, and that was just through eating what could be known as kind of modern day um paleo and, and almost keto to to a degree so they were pulling out all of the processed foods they were pulling out all the sugars. They were loading them up with nutrition through um, vegetables and and uh, non-processed foods, so whole foods, and and they were getting to lift weights to promote human growth hormone and all the all the healthy hormones and the benefits that come with with lifting weights as well, and um, and then at the time, um, the guy, my business partner who was a, who was personal trainer um, in the city in Sydney. Uh, was um, was uh, given the task to try and help these guys with their um, supplementation and and so he went out on the high street and and looked at what was currently available in terms of trying to help these guys get more protein into their diet to support their new um, routines and there was nothing out there that could be uh, that these guys could take because they were all full of chemicals and fillers and thickeners and sweeteners and flavors and and God knows what. And so um and so that's that's kind of the point where I met him and he said, look, I've got the basis, this idea of this formula, and um I wondered whether you'd like to try it. And he said, I know that, you know, you're a designer and I think I'd like to bring something like this to market. And I'd always been interested in health and nutrition, like always from day dot. And and I had taken supplements and so it gave me the very early stages of this Whole food um, supplement that he put together. It was essentially just real food ingredients, crushed and ground. And each ingredient um, had uh, a purpose in the body. So there was lots of fibrous stuff in there, like psyllium husk and chia seeds and things like that to help digestion, um, as well as a protein source. Uh, and so he came um, came to me with this formula, and and I tried it and thought, wow, that's actually amazing like like nothing I'd ever had before it was almost like a it's like a real food shake uh, as opposed to these sickly sweet powders that contain god knows what Uh, and that really was the start of 180, 180 nutrition so we joined forces together and I said look I can I love this uh I think that we can we can work together I can use all of my skills in terms of the design and the marketing and the advertising, you can come at it from a, uh, a an exercise and nutrition perspective with all the stuff that you've been doing um, in the city, uh, and I think that we can take this to market because there's nothing like it. And that and and that was really the catalyst of of um, of 180 Nutrition, and then to back that up, the we really started our our journey of curiosity where we saw what was happening with these guys and they were getting such radical results. And yet we were still being taught that the conventional food pyramid was the way to go. And um, people were eating low fat and they were um, eating heaps of healthy whole grains and just seemed to be drinking gallons of sugar and stuff like that. So we wanted to dig deeper into this rabbit hole almost underground movement of of renegade health Um, and so we decided look we're going to start a podcast and the very first lady that we had a guest um, on the podcast was Nora Gaudis, and we'd recently read her book primal body primal mind which was like a paradigm shift every everything that she was writing about was had been validated by the guys who were who were uh, working with the um, the chronic disease patients uh, and and it just seemed to make sense, but at the same time it highlighted that most things that we were being told to do were quite wrong in terms of her science and findings uh, and so that was the start of the podcast to then want to be able to really really provide or find out and then share the best available information um, and and so that was where we started, and it's just grown. Um, from there
2: yeah amazing and obviously that was probably over nine years ago and yes the real food movement certainly didn't (laughs) exist Um,
3: (laughs) no it didn't
2: yeah you guys were definitely um, I guess some of the early adopters which is really interesting because you've obviously Mm. you're obviously still standing right so the evolution of what we now speak about in terms of whether it is a modified paleo or, or real food template, like, so you know, I'm sure you agree that that's becoming a lot more common knowledge and it's almost like a household conversation in, in certain areas of Australia at least. What have yes. you guys noticed in terms of trends?
3: Um, one thing that I have noticed is that irrespective of how much we think people know about mm. food and, and nutrition, I still think we're in a bit of a bubble. and um, Mm. It, you know, in terms of, I mean, that yes, there have been lots and lots of shifts. Like paleo came came up, and it was very um, sensationalised in the media. And then now ketogenic diets are, are, are making the headway. Low carb, of course, is is right up there. I I still think that it's it it's uniquely personalised, and and I, and I think that there isn't a one size fits all diet. There's definitely a um, there are definitely some principles that that just make sense for everybody, which is really just to eat more whole foods and reduce your processed foods um, but I think we need to make these shifts depending on who we are um, genetically and 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 and, uh, uh, and perhaps look towards how we feel when we do try to start to make these shifts because i've you know personally've i 've experimented with every diet under the sun and I kind of know where I sit now mm. um, and it isn't where most people would think that that I, I should be sitting. So, um, so look, yeah, very, very intrigued. Uh, yes, there's being more awareness uh, as it slowly starts to come out in mainstream media as well. Because mainstream are still still very much low fat coming out at the, at the kind of supermarket levels. Uh, they're very, very, still very much processed. Um, but yeah, it's starting to creep into into our everyday lives through you know Netflix movies and 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 more of the media now but yeah it's it's been it's been great to see and that was what we saw from day one that was really it was like the catalyst of this real food movement and ultimately what it comes back to is just eating real food as much as you can mm. getting away from the packet stuff
2: yeah of course so you touched on just briefly before about some of the trials that you've i guess performed with your own health yes. and wellness but i wanted to start a little bit further back from that first, mm. there are many of us in the wellness industry that are inspired by our, by our own health experiences or challenges. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share if that applies to you and, and what certainly happened to you maybe when you first started.
3: Yeah, sure. So when um, in the early days of 180 Nutrition, uh, the, the very first thing that I did was uh i decided right well, i'm gonna i'm gonna knock the grains on the head and see what that does for me um because it it made a lot of sense and we had um we connected with people like Norga gaudis and um dr william davis from wheat belly and uh, and just done a lot of personal research on on the way that wheat had changed over the last hundred years say, and what it and what, what it seems to have have done done to our health. So I thought, right, I'm going to pull that out. And over the course of about a month, the very first thing that happened was every allergy that I'd ever had just disappeared. In terms of um, stuffy nose and watery eyes and 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 uh, sensitivities to dust and 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 pollen and hay fever and all of it, everything like that just went. Um, my skin uh, improved a hundredfold so i'd always always been plagued with um with i would say poor skin but skin issues from teenage years and when i was a um when i was a teenager like um more kind of mid teens like you know 16 plus um i i had bad skin um and you know spots and pimples and i went to the doctors and the doctors put me on an antibiotic and I was on the same antibiotic for five years. And like, and, and, and when you, when you realize what was actually happening, when I was taking those pills, like every single day for five years, and I just couldn't seem to shift, um, my problem skin. And I went to the doctors and doctors said, well, it's got nothing to do with food. It's just hormonal. And it's part of your, your genes. Um, take these pills. And so I took those for five years. um, and then, as part of that health journey when I knocked the weight on the head, I pulled dairy out as well and and that was it. like pulled dairy out of my diet, and the skin was clear just easily, like easily and and you know dabbled with it later on, see well, what happens? skin problems again, and so I just realized that I was very much intolerant to dairy, and uh, irrespective of the advice i I had been given i um I could kind of fix a lot of my issues that, that weren't, you know, that weren't huge issues, but they were personal issues for me very quickly. Um, and with, with the allergies, um, sleep improved because I had better sinus, uh, as I was asleep. And of course, you know, with better skin comes a whole raft of improvements, even, you know, as basic as confidence. You just feel mm-hmm. better when you look better. Uh, and that was just with wheat and, and dairy. And, um, <clears throat> And as we got um, as we got deeper and deeper into, um, I guess, the connections that we had with all these health leaders around the planet via our podcast, um, I started to realise the impact that some of these foods could have on blood sugar levels and things like diabetes. And my father at the time in um, in the UK had been diagnosed with type two diabetes, and he said, "Look, I've been." I've been prescribed a diet and I've got to take these pills. Uh, and I and so I said, Well look, can I see what your diet plan is? And and I had a look. And um it was very, very much based upon moving from white bread over to um brown bread and and shifting from um shifting from um cooked breakfasts to things like wheat bicks and and low fat, uh, yogurts and, and, and all of the, all of these things. And I thought, well, it just doesn't seem to make sense. So I worked with a nutritionist in, uh, in Bondi junction. And, uh, as part of what I'd learned, I said, look, I have, I, I've got a, a new meal plan for my dad and I just want to run it by him for, for a month and see what happens. And so I showed the nutritionist. She said, Yeah. Well, look, that makes perfect sense to me. And I certainly don't like what he's been prescribed to eat. So we did that for Dad and Dad Dad followed that for about six weeks and went back to his doctors and they took him off his medication and said your blood sugars have stabilized. So it's really it's a real eye opener as to what we're being told to do um and the advice that we just take um as the right advice compared to how we can make some changes and we get radically different results.
2: Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Such a interesting, I guess, for you, that first-hand experience and then <laughs> yeah. with your loved ones, it always brings it so much closer to home.
3: It does. It really, really does. Yeah, it, it it's it's crazy to see. Um and it and it's so sad because you realize that you know, mainstream advice um on the whole is is very much um surrounded by old science and and we know you know we we know different now, um, but you can see that there is still there are so many issues with our society today in terms of um, kids that are overweight and have uh, allergies and sensitivities to everything under the sun, parents that really just just are doing their best but they just don't have access to the best information and um, and so yeah it's it's encouraging to see that this message is slowly getting out there, and we are seeing that food now um can be far more powerful than we ever thought in terms of having an impact with our with our day to day health
2: yeah, I totally agree, so obviously, you had some really positive personal benefits, removing the grains and experimenting with dairy. Did you have any other challenges, like was it always positive, or did you have to make more changes around calories or the balance of macronutrients for you to thrive um <laughs>
3: look i had, yeah, I, had <laughs> I had a few ups and downs so i, <laughs> I, um, I had a, uh, I had some DNA testing done as as, as part of um, the work that we were doing at, at one hundred eighty and it showed for me that i i had a i had a, like a, a prescribed breakdown of macronutrients uh, that would suit my DNA <clears throat> that was um it was twenty percent protein, twenty five percent fat, and fifty five percent carbohydrate, um, and so very, very kind of carbohydrate driven. But of course, the right sorts of carbohydrates with lots and lots of um, vegetables and fruits as well. Uh, and and at the time, I thought, well, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment personally with going super low carb because I know that. A whole heap of people can benefit from this and, and it's linked to so many great things in terms of longevity um, and uh, and in a number of people, uh, many, many people going low carb just works so well. Um, so I thought well, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to go low carb and just see what happens. So I pulled everything out of my diet and in terms of, you know, all, all of the starchy vegetables came out and, and I was, tr- you know, tracking, uh, my macronutrients and seeing how that worked. Um, and (laughs) my adrenals just crashed because at the time I was, I was exercising, um, was doing high intensity interval training, like CrossFit style, but I got my programming wrong and I wasn't recovering enough, giving myself enough time to recover. Plus with that super low carb, um, just didn't work. And and so that actually took me about 12 months to recover from that in terms of my, um, I, I had my hormones tested and my cortisol levels at 10 o'clock at night were like 10 times the the levels that they should be. Like they were off the charts at 10 p.m. when they should have been super low and I was getting ready for bed mm. uh, and trying to wind down. So that didn't work for me, um, um, <clears throat> which, which I guess highlights the, uh, highlights the the fact that we're all so uniquely different because my you know my my wife eats a very low carbohydrate diet and she um, incorporates intermittent fasting and she does like the 168 um, type uh, approach to food uh, and it just works so well for her whereas if I tried to do that I probably wouldn't have enough energy to get out of bed so it's um yeah it's just trial and error find out what works for you I think and um, and then just keep tweaking. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's a really important message. I mean, there is always going to be a genetic element, but definitely um, it's related to intensity as well. So you were doing Mm -hmm. a lot of um, high-intensity training at that time. So that definitely shapes the carbohydrates that your body needs to recover and, yeah, I think unfortunately you had to learn the hard way, but it's a very important (laughs) lesson to learn.
3: Yeah, I I know more now, put it that way.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I always get asked the question, you know, is LCHF for everybody? Um, And I'm pretty clear when I answer the question that it needs to be individually prescribed. Like there's a variation of real food or or LCHF that can work for everybody, but we don't just want to assume that we fit into a blanket template.
3: No, exactly right, and and you know, low carb for some people could be fifty grams of carb, but for others could be two hundred mm. grams of carb. And I think it's very important to to um, understand the difference between the types of carbohydrates too, because um, white bread and 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 pasta and refined carbohydrates do very different things to to the benefits of starchy root
2: vegetables. say. So. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So I'd love for you to share with us what a day in the life of Stu Cook looks like now. Obviously, you're heavily involved in 180 nutrition, but yes. what's, what does your day look like in terms of work, but also your exercise and your food?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, look, I, um, my day hopefully starts well if I have had good sleep. So mm-hmm. for me, I, you know the, the three core pillars for my health are, are sleep, nutrition, and movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I work on my sleep hopefully i would have had a good sleep get up feel rested um i like to exercise um quite early in the morning um before work so i'll be at the gym at half past 7 I'll, i only spend about 40 minutes in there um when i can because i've got three daughters as well so you know home is very busy um mm-hmm. three young daughters so getting them ready for school and uh, and making them breakfast things like that so um I need to get some exercise in at some stage. I was normally lifting heavy weights, super slow at the gym for thirty to forty five minutes. Um and then I'll get into breakfast when I come back. Um which historically for me um isn't smoothie, even though you know, we make these great smoothie stuffs, so I'll always get the smoothie in later on during the day. I have the luxury of a little bit more time mm. um when I get home. So I just I love to cook up um veggies and some sweet potatoes and i love sardines or leftover food from the night before and um and that's if if i get that right so if i've moved if i've slept well and i've moved and i've had a good breakfast then the day just seems to slot into into uh seems to be much better than it could be if i get any one of those wrong and then yeah typically just um getting into work I use uh my workplace is a is stand up desk um with a sit down desk, so we have to do lots of computery stuff where I am, but I like to vary that up a little bit. I cycle into to work as well, so I'm lucky enough to be able to do that too. Um and again, try and try and take a um try and take some, some food from the night before. So I'm kind of cooking cooking once, eating two or three, four times during the week and uh and then I've got you know we have a smoothie at, at three o'clock, and that keeps me going until I get back back home so it's very much being mindful to move as much as I can um like to get a lot of natural light in the morning helps me wake up, so I go out into the garden, have a cup of tea for ten minutes and just get the rays if i can while i'm while i'm uh, helping the girls get prepared for school and um and yeah, as long as I've moved and um and eaten well, then I find that that works into better sleep quality at the end of the day, which in turn helps the next day become a good one as opposed to uh, a crappy one.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's all connected, right? So that's the thing. We we look at these situations or we look at sleep in isolation, but it all flows on from your previous choices of food, but certainly light exposure and what you're doing in that hour or two before bed. Oh look it's so, it's so so important people think well look, you
3: know I'm just going to sleep well tonight well look if you if you can't disconnect from work if you're stuck on your smartphone till 10 p.m. if you're stressed if you've had a if you haven't had best food and if you haven't moved during the day um it, all those things impact sleep before you've even got your sleep hygiene under control in terms of light and heat and dark and 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 you know all of the things that we need to get I guess, in check before we can consider to have a good sleep. I mean, there are a few people out there that just sleep well regardless, and I envy them deeply. Um, I'm not one of them, but, but certainly, yeah. I find that if I do all of those things right, I have the best chance of getting a good night's sleep. And for me, sleep is the most important pillar of health. Um, without oh, it, I, I just think that everything crumbles.
2: I'm with you. And I think it's really important that you start from that end of the day because it's often left to the last minute because we are so busy. But obviously, if you reverse engineer your day, then – yeah, the flow on effect is so amazing. And there are a lot of people that, you know, walk around with that mantra, sleep when you're dead, <laughs> which I must admit I was definitely like in my twenties. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean it's you only have to have a bad night's sleep to to notice how you feel from a, you know, motivation to exercise, desire yes. to choose vegetables instead of refined carbohydrates.
3: Totally <laughs> in the totally. workplace. <laughs> yeah. I think so. And I and I think and and yeah, I've been there as well, you know, I d sleep was didn't even enter into my thought when i was younger but mm. when we're younger we have hormones that help us you know they work with us and fix us up when when we need fixing which is generally quite often when we're young and and and, uh, and crazy but as we get older you realize that your hormones don't work quite as well as they used to and <laughs> sometimes mm. they work against you so yeah to, just trying to support that and specifically through quality sleep restorative sleep uh, is right up there, number one for me. And um, it's something that we talk about to to a lot of people as well because we, um, we run lots of workshops through 180 as well. And, and when you ask people, uh, you know, how many people s- sleep well, uh, very few people put their hand up. But then when you ask the question, well, how many people struggle getting to sleep, many hands go up. And then how many people struggle um, staying asleep the same thing loads of hands go up so yeah it's a it's a big deal and I think that a lot of people just think that well look, we just don't sleep as well when we get older and it's just part of getting old but I think like anything it's something that we need to work at um to really improve because the benefits of good sleep are second to none.
2: Mm yeah absolutely and what about mental health have you got um some strategies that you do on a daily or weekly basis to support your mental health and and you know what are your some of your thoughts around um mental health practices for men
3: Mm. um well i find that my mental health is supported when i sleep well Mm -hmm. when i eat well and when i move Mm -hmm. and um and I love the quote that I read somewhere recently. It was, was find something that you love and do more of it. Mm. And, and, and those are the things for me that are, that are really important because I, I live in a really, really busy world, uh, as, as we all do. You know, I've got three children. I've got a business. I'm surrounded with social media, which can, do, which can really sabotage your time, your day, in terms of keeping us switched on continuously. So for me, mental health is is about trying to find what you love and just do more of that. And it might be that you like to walk the dog. Uh, it might be that you like to listen to music or listen to podcasts. Or it might be like I mean that you like to socialise. And and it's just trying to trying to find that little slot that takes you away from the chatter of social media. That allows you just to I guess, digest the day um, and and switch off as well, and yeah, it's super important, but if i I, I immediately feel it if I haven't exercised during the day or moved in, at least in some way, shape, or form, if my diet has been poor, had crappy sleep, like my mind's all over the place like I'm, I'm not fun to be around, and I just just you do not feel right at all so it's really just about trying to find a little bit of time for yourself and and i know you know that can be really hard for some people uh, and it, it and it's pretty hard for me with with the kids and family life and business and everything that comes with that but trying to you know carve out 30 minutes to an hour for yourself every day just to digest is um is really really important and a lot of people don't do that
2: yeah so true we're on the mouse wheel. But I also think that <laughs> this this conversation is a really good reminder of the basics. You know, I think we're also in a world where we've been brainwashed to be looking for a magic pill when yes. the foundations of health and wellness, as you say, are, are those really basic um, pillars that we have yep. in our control every day.
3: Yeah, totally. Absolutely.
2: Amazing. Okay, so what's next? Have you got some exciting um, projects or anything you can share for us in regards to what you guys are up to over at One Eighty Nutrition?
3: Sure. So we are um, we um, we're working on a on a, a range of um, I guess innovative products. So very very interested in in um, more of the, the sleep aspect mm-hmm. and also gut health as well uh, and personal hygiene so from personal hygiene perspective a lot of us start our day with a truckload of chemicals and things like that and that those are environmental stresses so just trying to trying to um to work on a range of products that allow us to take care of ourselves without the chemical load so we've got we've got that in the pipeline as well um <clears throat> we're working on a little bit of a sleep formula which, um, which just helps us do a number of things in terms of stabilise blood sugar, um, dial into some really beautiful herbs that allow us just to, to breathe a little bit and be less stressed, um, you know, switch off all of, the, all of the crazy noise of the day and, and prepare us for sleep, try and help us stay asleep as well. Um, and, and also working on a little bit of a gut formula that isn't loaded with prebiotics and probiotics and stuff like that, but it's more of a, a, a cleansing and calming ingredient because I think, um, I think gut health again is very personalized and it's very easy to jump out there and, and, uh, and think that a, a shop bought probiotic is going to solve everything when oftentimes it, it doesn't. And I think it needs to be a little bit more personalized and then um, to back that up. We are working on a, like a, an online members community to take all of the information that we've had from our podcasting and our connection with all the guest experts um, <clears throat> into more digestible chunks of information, make it a little bit more actionable so people can actually find the information that they want that is more specific to them uh, and learn um, like we have learned from these guys as well. So, yeah, busy times.
2: Yeah, it sounds very exciting. I mean, you guys do so much for the education space, just obviously with your products, but so much more than that with your podcast and obviously your website, which has so many recipes and educational Mm. pieces. So I think that's a really, really important part because it can be really overwhelming. And I don't think Dr. Google is the answer. It can lead to a bit of, you know, analysis paralysis.
3: Totally. Absolutely right. Now you are, uh, you're, you're spot on. It's one of those things we've, we've accrued so much information over the years that we've, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like a library, you know, it's, we've got books at the back covered in dust, um, but they're very valuable. So we just want to make sure that we've, we can pull the best of the best information in one an easy, um, easy spot where people can just go, yeah, that works for me.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Now, for my listeners that are probably commuting or out for their morning walk, could you direct them to where they can head to to find out more about you and um, your company?
3: Sure. Um, so just head over to 180nutrition.com.au. So that's 180nutrition.com.au. Um, and that, that really is the best place to go for um, for everything that we have in terms of our articles our podcasts, um, recipes, uh, and all the points of contact. If you want to reach out to us and ask us any questions, um, then all of the information is there.
2: Beautiful. So you can head there straight away, team. Otherwise, all the links will be in the show notes. And thank you, Stu. It was great to connect with you. So um, lovely to hear your story, but just really grateful for all the work that you do in the health and wellness space.
3: Oh look, likewise, you're like you're doing amazing stuff too. So really honoured to be um, uh, to be asked to chat today. So thank you so much, Steph.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for your time.
3: Okay, thank you. Bye bye.
2: Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favour? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Reel.